106.5 WFMP, this is Community Control. Now, this show seeking democratic, community controlled public institutions with a particular interest in the U.S. policing apparatus as evidenced by our eight-point plan. I'm your co-host, Vincent Gonzalez. Slamming Cadillac doors, Michael T. My site, what's up to the people? What's up, people? Yo. Community Control now seeks to end the rampant abuses by the state, which greatly target persons of color and the economically disadvantaged. Community Control now believes in all power to all oppressed people all over the world. For today's show, we are talking about pleading out how plea bargaining creates a permanent criminal class and that is a book by dan cannon here for part two we're going to interview him but let's get into it without further ado so about three four months ago we were at the main library to listen to a talk of a new author Name's Dan Cannon. Now, this brother, he's a law professor at the University of Louisville Brandeis School of Law. And he wrote a book about the plead out system. And we were both there. I think you asked him a question and Mm -hmm. we kind of did the uh, meet and greet afterwards. Got the book signed. It's kind of fly in the shared copy that we both had. He signed it to Community Control now, and um, it's a little Easter egg here, and I can get into it um, after we get into the meat and potatoes of the discussion, but he was originally one of the lawyers on the protest arrest case that I'm currently fighting, so I want to kind of touch on that. That can tie into what we're talking about or what we're about to talk about right now so it's like perfect little segue here but let's lay this out here so so english common law which developed around the 12th century was devised to accommodate wealthy white men and it provided the basic framework for the american legal system that framework deliberately and explicitly excluded the majority of England's poor and working class. Mm -hmm. All right? This great document, the Magna Carta, Mm. it's like the foundation of English common law, Mm -hmm. was written to protect the rights and property of the nobility, the lords from the monarchy, common folk bound by legal ties to those lords, weren't even in the conversation. Owning property and ready cash in an era where ordinary people bartered goods was a minimum requirement for accessing the courts. In addition, access to the legal system absolutely required literacy or the ability to hire a lawyer to draft the complex writs and other documents required by common law legal practice. Mm -hmm. So we sort of... uh, still stand in the shadows of that foundation that was created with the colonists and its present-day manifestation. This started around 
the turn of the century. Uh, but even actually, uh, my apologies, it goes back mm-hmm. a little bit further. So the twelfth century. Yes. Well, well, in America, mm-hmm. for us, it ramped up in the twentieth century. But just seeing uh, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. which was where a lot of during the industrial age, mm-hmm. starting around the eighteen thirties, mm-hmm. the number of arrests started dramatically increasing Mm -hmm. okay and this mostly came from the labor union organizing struggle and the emergence of serious collective action that was disrupting the capital of these big time robber baron industrialists okay so To hasten the mass production of criminals, America needed to create more crimes. Mm -hmm. So different forms of organizing then became a crime. You saw around the turn of the 20th century, the common law books just exponentially grew in stature. And they basically made being a part of the working class, a crime in so many ways. Prohibition was one of the first ways that they could try out this strategy in mass. So there were tens of thousands of liquor law violators, Mm -hmm. which created a backlog of tens of thousands of cases. Mm -hmm. So the government needed a device that helped the system process people fast enough to keep up. Lo and behold, here comes the plea bargain. In addition to softening of bargaining restrictions in the state courts that had been happening since around the 1840s, the watershed of Prohibition-era legislation finally provoked changes in the federal courts, including the most extensive use of plea bargain agreements. Mm -hmm. In 1908, only about 50% of federal convictions were by guilty plea. By 1925, that figure had jumped to 90%. Mm-hmm. The risk posed by the jury's power all but eliminated in the previous century, and now the trial itself had become an inefficient, outdated mode of creating criminals. Mm-hmm. 90 years after Herbert Hoover's presidency, his wish for a speedy justice system had came true. Today, American cops make about 10 million arrests per year. Enabled by an endless supply of criminal laws, they can and do arrest anyone for anything. Mm. So this is key and fundamental Mm -hmm. for our struggle to gain community control of the policing institute in this town. Mm -hmm. We have to understand the three-ring circus that goes about and all the roles that people play in it. Mm -hmm. Each apparatus the role that they play so the legislator makes laws these vagrancy laws public intoxication Mm. and just existing in public without the means or the status to get away with it Mm -hmm. that becomes a crime and then you got the enforcer class the executive branch 
the police being the lower rung of that, their job is to go out and enforce the law. I think I once had a cop tell me one time, it's like, why are y'all mad at us for? We didn't make the laws. We just go out and enforce them. Hmm. But they're just carrying out their duties that they were given permission for by the Constitution and all these other statutes that came about. And then the judicial system comes in and they just go ahead and close the deal. Mm -hmm. They uh, coerce people into these plea bargains. Mm -hmm. And I want you to just come in, man, and talk about how what does that hold for the justice that we seek in this community? Well, continuing on the notes that you first rang um, in uh, referring to uh, Dan Cannon's book, uh, and I was at that presentation at the library, uh, which was very enlightening, he points out that, uh, you know, all of these arrests that these cops generate in the mass incarceration of people of color and poor people uh, ends up as plea bargains. Uh, every two seconds, he says, someone pleads guilty to a crime. What Cannon points out is that no judge, jury, or a higher court reviews these guilty pleas. Uh, most cases are over in less than a half an hour. Imagine that. Mm. People are often pleading after talking to a lawyer for less than five minutes, and in many cases without counsel at all. Uh, he points out that sometimes judges are just pro tem. What's that mean? Meaning lawyers who have been appointed for the day. Mm. I didn't even know they had that type of deal. And in some courts, the judge is a lay person who's never been to law school. Now, imagine that. And how many people know that? Yeah. People holding judgment. I'm pretty sure that's against the law. <laughs> really? Pretty sure. I was like, you know, that, you, that, that gets thrown out. But when you sign a plea deal, when you sign your name yeah. to something, they can, get, they can get away with whatever. He says that in some courts, the judge, okay, I said the lay person, uh, and sometimes the police stand in for prosecutors. Yeah. Wow. What do they this do is eye opening in so many. <laughs> yeah, where, where they do that at? Yeah. I'm pretty sure in a lot of these rural areas, and, and it's pertinent to yeah. the struggle we face in Kentucky, man, they pretty much, it's, it's Mayberry. They pretty much do whatever they do. <laughs> yeah. It, He says that because nearly all cases are resolved by plea bargaining, as we pointed out before, people end up pleading guilty to all sorts of ridiculous things and under all sorts of ridiculous circumstances, often without knowing what the state has to prove, what their own defenses might be, or even what the charges are at all. Uh, he says that the charges are seldom the same at the beginning of the case and at the time the plea is entered. That's crazy. Liz, what a mess. Yes, yes. And, and yeah, going to that next point there. Uh, you know, it sounds like bedlam. That's yeah. because it is. That's because it is. <laughs> yep. And he says it's all done in the name of rushing as many criminal charges as possible. Mm. 
What we have inherited is an amoral system of criminal proceedings. It cannot be called criminal justice. I think that's a key point. Mm -hmm. Expediency, not fairness, is the principal concern. The beast of American criminal law needs to eat constantly, as you pointed out earlier in the conversation. And it fattens us up for the slaughter. And to do that, it needs to feed us so much that we no longer pay attention to what we are eating. We just want to get the meal over with. And, you know, and that's just a critical point. Over with, because, man. you know, having had experience, you know, with the judicial system, you know, to various points in my life, first of all, there's a, a, a sense of fear mm-hmm. that you automatically think, okay, I'm going to go to jail for this, no matter how minor it may be, or pay a fine, or, you know, be set back in my, some way. Yeah, my, my life will be disrupted, hook or crook, in this proceeding. Yes, and so that fear, you know, is probably the first thing that makes you susceptible to plea bargaining. You know, if there's any possibility that you're going to have to definitely go to jail or pay a big fine, you know, you are more willing to go along with whatever they propose to prevent that. It's simple human logic. Hey, in this door, or, or is it? Let's make a deal. <laughs> in door number two, I'm. I got two years for this thing, and they might. You know, they like to get cute. They'll 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 throw out everything at you. Hey, we already got you, man. You know, just mm-hmm. you got two years over here. If you you want to test our metal, mm-hmm. we can go with however many time you know i got 10 years on the shelf over here Mm -hmm. if you if you want to contest that not putting on the forefront that that is your constitutional right a right to a trial exactly a right to plead your case in in front of your peers Mm -hmm. so as you see it's so much of it's a house of cards it 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 imploded upon itself due to the fact that just for a quick change solution, mm-hmm. let's make let's make being working class and don't try to like organize around anything we're doing to y'all. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make laws to criminalize that, mm-hmm. and if you fight us, we're just we'll we'll roll you over. Yeah, criminalize now, you. <laughs> now you got yeah. We'll criminalize you. You you know you you don't don't get on our bad side and mm-hmm. now. You got a underclass of persons with records, mm-hmm. which could affect your job opportunities. Absolutely, yo, oh, your, your life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Mm. All them cute terms they love to say. Mm. How serious did they really hold them for for the masses of us? When this is a device, it's so man, it's so telling. Like I believe, do you recall during the talk? There was, he told a story of a black man in Kentucky. Mm. I think this is circa turn of the 20th century or mm. so. He was uh, writing cold checks or something of that order, was accused of writing cold checks. And as per his constitutional right, this man, he fought the charges. And I think they said uh, it was like two years. Mm-hmm. If he if he signed the deal, mm-hmm. he fights the charges. They gave that man life in prison. Mm. Almost a, it's almost. It's, I mean, it's, 
cruel and unusual yes. is the is the term that I can best come up with. It's not almost. It's that's cruel and unusual. It's, it mm-hmm. is a, um, but this is this is what we stand on. Is mm-hmm. they they kind of got us all surrounded on mm-hmm. in in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes. it but it's key and fundamental to understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, sunlight being the best disinfected, mm-hmm. we gotta, you know, ring the masses and let them know. But this ain't no new record of share to the people around the way, man. They they've heard this song before. Mm-hmm. It's so telling, man. I mean, where do we? How do we take them seriously? Hmm. The powers that be, the people who control the criminal apparatus, mm-hmm. when they say that they have an interest in mind, uh, you know, they'll they'll put forth justice. Okay, raise your right hand. These are the sort of devices that they're using against us. Mm-hmm. You no know? question about it. So this is pertinent to also, I'd like to remind our dear listeners, you are listening to Community Control Now, Michael T., Vincent Gonzalez, 106.5 WFMP. We are talking about pleading out the plea bargaining apparatus that criminal justice systems use to ensnarl, disenfranchise, and create a criminal underclass of people. Mm-hmm. This is close to home. Well, before I get into my thing, um, any other kind of uh, thoughts on the base of plea bargaining? What's something that stands out in your studying of this? Have you, had you studied this prior to um, reading the book to, at great length? For Not really. Of course, I know that. Bunch of people who've had to plea. Uh, I probably even had to do so it my... at one point in my life, you mm-hmm. know, for some minor things. But um, I think the biggest revelation is, and you referred to it earlier, that much of this criminalization is based on merely making up laws. Mm-hmm which are not contested, unfortunately, by the people who will be victimized by them, as to why that law exists in the first place. It's almost like, okay, the system comes up with a law, and we just assume that they know what they're talking about, and uh, we accept it. How are you, how can you, it's like, how can you get away with that? I'm, I try not, the shock and awe, it's, it's Randall for me, mm-hmm. but... And and you know they're doing it on a Monday at one o'clock. Yes. They're not even. It's not even under the dead of night. It's right here in front of you, codified <laughs> yes. in the books. Yes. This like scheme that is like don't even. You can't put justice on that. That's not. There's where's the justice involved? Yeah. You don't have a high powered attorney. Yes. If you don't have people in the streets, and that's why we stay in the streets so hard. Because what other devices do we have? We don't control the means of that production. Yeah, and that's key what you just said, because there's this notion that somehow the law is sacrosanct, mm-hmm. that you know these statutes and these laws 
you know, come down from God. You yeah. know, this was like Moses. These are just man-made, man you know, or female-made, mostly mm -hmm. man-made, um, yeah. you know, uh, statements that are law mm -hmm. purely by virtue of the fact that the state enforces it. it. They have they have the monopoly yes. on violence. Yes, they have the monopoly. On entrapment. Yes. Who's who? Who's going to jail? Yes. And who, it, who had a hot brown with the judge last week? Yes. And it means nothing in terms of you know some kind of inherent intrinsic thing mm -hmm. um, without a force backing it up. Yeah. Now let's think about that force. That force, and this is not rocket science. That force is the state, the state structure. You yeah. know, I mean, the only reason you would have to go to court is because, you know, some people from the police departments and other oh. departments will come get you. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> miss, your, miss your court date and see how cute you is. Yeah, but we fail <laughs> to realize to that all of that is, you know, arbitrary and, and man, quote unquote, made. Yes. I mean, determined based on whoever is in power. Mm-hmm. If there is no power or yeah. power forces able to enforce those things, they'd mean nothing. Yeah. If there was no power source able to write these things, they'd mean nothing. And yeah. even when they are written, yeah. you know, they they're just the words of the of the particular the ideas mm -hmm. for control and, that the ruling class is using to keep us yeah. under control. And, they're not sacrosanct. And we can see throughout the history of these sort of devices, state-sanctioned segregation, mm -hmm. the subjugation of women, yes, those child were laws. labor. These were all <laughs> laws. I, I'm, and you know, one of my favorite Dr. King quotes: "An unjust law is no law at all." Exactly. This is something that you, we have an. I have a a duty and an onus. To repel against. So, exactly. as a part of our eight point plan, which Community Control Now's eight point plan for our campaign, just a quick rundown here where we are seeking a police accountability board that is directly elected, has policy and budget oversight, the ability to, to fire any officer, mm -hmm. including the chief, that is been uh, rightfully found mm -hmm. in misconduct, mm -hmm. the ability to subpoena, the ability to open investigations, and we're also asking that this is held straight power to the people. Okay, mm -hmm. we don't need any Leos on this. Mm -hmm. This is this is like lockstep with it. I, I see the ending of the plea bargaining system mm -hmm. As one of our missions and goals of this thing, absolutely. So, you know that they, they it it uh it got off the rails. It, you know, runaway train. Mm -hmm. They thought they could just be cute and use it for everything. Mm -hmm. And now we're we're standing in the ground on all the devastation it's caused. Mm -hmm. How many families did they break up? Mm -hmm. People that didn't do nothing, that they're mm -hmm. just locked under a cell. Man, I sometimes, man, I it's I shudder to think, man, what y'all done so much. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the, the judge, jury, and executioner, that should be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. Power to the people. Let me tell you about the case that I'm still fighting. Mm-hmm. June of 2020, I got arrested on the bridge with about a little under 40 people. This was a part of a Black Lives Matter Louisville action, and there were some other people uh, affiliated with that set that was involved. We put up this huge banner with Breonna Taylor on the Second Street Bridge. It was a drawing of her face, and surrounding the drawing was other people who had been killed by the police in this town are killed under dubious means. My little cousin, Janiah McMillan, was up there. She died under mysterious circumstances in a youth uh, detention facility about roughly eight or so years ago. So she was up there. I mean, I, I've, I've probably touched on in previous episodes my experience with that. I'll, um, for the sake of time, uh, it was, I mean, it, it radicalized me to no end. I mean, so... It it was a profound experience. We get arrested for obstructing a highway and disturbing the peace. I could put a pin in the disturbing the peace for one second. What does that even mean? You want to talk about disturbing the peace? Mm. All them nightsticks y'all done put up people's heads and, mm. you know, what more disruptive? You What about Brianna? And Kenny Walker's piece, mm-hmm. when you came in there under um, false pretenses. So mm-hmm. the charges still stand where um, they dropped the disturbing the peace charge, but we're still fighting the obstructing a highway charge. And here's the deal of the little bit under 40 or so people that were arrested in this action, over half or so. Had, they pled out. They pled mm. out just out of... Some of them lived out of town. And it was just like, look, okay. I think the plead out was, a you know, a few dozen hours of community service. If you don't do the community service, you're in violation. So mm. they they it's an albatross that they can continue to hold on to you. But for the rest of us... Um, we're still trying to work it out with our lawyers and, you know, it's a pending trial. So only, but so much can be said on that, mm-hmm. but the 27 or so of us, and we're all trying to be tried together. Those of us who are exercising our, our constitutional right to a trial, if we're found guilty, we could be facing, you know, a few days in jail up to, you know, I think, the max penalty, months, maybe. yeah, the max penalty is like forty-five days in jail. So, you want to talk about a rock in a hard place, and they know why we were out there in the streets. They, they're not, they're not dull with it. They knew exactly what it is. But to discourage protest of that type in this town, they suppress and they've used the plea bargain. As a way to corral things. Hey, don't make me have to tell you again. You know, that's that's what they're hoping is is uh, going to occur. But 
I'm going to hold you accountable. I hope the last couple of weeks where the feds came in and handed out some indictments, if that don't do nothing else, what does that say? The, the federal government gave validation to why we were in the streets as much as we were. So just to let the people know what's going on, there are people from the, the Breonna Taylor protests are still alive in so many ways and means. And we'll keep you up to date. Also, we're trying to do a part two. We're going to holler at Dan Cannon, try to get him on. I know it's uh, law school's in session, but we got 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. What you got, my brother? Close us out. Well, I just want to encourage everybody to recognize that uh, the judicial system, the courts, all of that is a major, if not the major, front of our struggle. And we need all hands on deck. That's right. Right on. Free Brittany Griner. Mm. Free Mubia Abu Jamal. Mm-hmm. Free Linda Peltier. Yes. Community Control Now. Let's get free.